Hallelujah. Amen. Guys, I'm going to need you to be a little bit louder than that. Hallelujah. Amen. I could just say, okay, thank you. Hey, I was thinking, where everybody at? Where's everybody at? Well, good afternoon, everybody. Thank you so much for everybody who's here. I can barely see half of you, but that's all right. Um, thank you so much for being here. Um, welcome to the table. Um, as Joey sort of introduced already, um, it's great to have you here. It's great if, the, if you were here for the conference, you heard some fantastic words from people like Bill Winston, from Pastor Frank, um, these guys. It was weird. I was, I was, I was sitting there when um, 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 Dr. Bill Winston was talking. I was like, wow, this is a lot. Like, when the body of Christ are in one and everything that we've, it was almost like a continuation of what some of the stuff that Sam's been saying at the table, um, I've been saying it, and I was like, wow, this is like, he, I'll be, be shocked if Dr. Bill Winston's watching the table, like, shout out if you are, but um, like the fact that we were able to see a word that sort of continued and continued to just edify us, so really wanna just thank God for that. Um, today, we're gonna talk about something that's following along the trend of what we were talking about before. So before we spoke about being led by the Spirit. Um, and we kind of finished it off by saying that, look, we need to be bearing fruits and we need to be obedient and that we need to therefore be bearing, um, um, and, and in our obedience, be bearing fruits. And that's how we can test. And we talked about obedience and sometimes our, our obedience is an issue because of um, just obedience, isn't it? Like, sometimes it's hard for me to do what I'm told to do. Sometimes I'm just stubborn like that. Sometimes I don't really want to do it. But then there's sometimes when my obedience doesn't seem natural. Um, me going along with the word of God doesn't seem natural. And that's when faith comes into play. So what I want us to do today is I want us to look at the whole subject of faith. Now, faith is a massive, massive, massive um, thing. And it's a pivotal thing. So just in the same way that for the body of Christ, you cannot call yourself a Christian and not have love. You cannot please God and not have faith. Now, it's something that is fundamental to every single Christian to understand. What is faith? If we look in um, Hebrews chapter 11, um, Hebrews chapter 11 from verse number three. The guys upstairs, can you help me out? Hebrews chapter 11 from verse number three. Um, and the Bible says, by faith, we understand that the world was formed. Sorry, can we go from verse number, Hebrews 11, from verse 1 for me, please. Sorry. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Um, I'm going to do something that's a bit brave. Joey, come back me. Charles, are you still around? <laughs> come back me. You kind of know where I'm going with this, but um, Pablo, yeah, come. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you come, 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 come. You kind of know what I'm prepping. I don't know what you're prepping. You don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now this looks okay. So, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I know that I've got three guys who could probably handle my weight if I leant back right now. I can't see where any of them are standing. 
But if I just did that... <laughs> I knew that somebody was going to have me. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, when we talk about the substance of something, when I call these guys, understand the substance of the men that I've called. <laughs> yeah, these are guys who are like, you can see why I've called them to come and hold me of all people. So we know that there is an actual, there's a tangible thing when it comes to faith. Now, the evidence of something that I've not seen, I don't know that they're there but I have faith in the substance of when they're there. When we say that we sit on a chair, for example, we know that the chair is going to take our weight. But I know that because of the substance of what I'm believing in, I can do that and I'm good. Thanks, guys. Now, what our faith is, is that thing that we can't see, that thing that we can't take a hold of. How do we get ourselves into a place where we actually believe in that and we take that and we actually stand on that? Now, faith is the substance, so there is an actual, there's a tangibility to it. If I told you that um, I had a million pounds in the bank, hallelujah, somebody. You guys ain't, uh -huh. <laughs> if I told you I had a million pounds in the bank, do you believe me? Thank you, Peggy. <laughs> if I showed you I had a million pounds in the bank and then I told you to go and purchase something that was worth a million pounds, would you believe that I could do that, that that, that, that transaction would go through? Yeah? Now, faith is the substance of things that we hope for, the evidence of things not seen. So, if we know that there is an amount like, you know, okay, there's physically, there's a million there. But actually, I've not seen the million. But yet I'm supposed to rely on the actual tangibility of that. Does that make sense? So I've not seen that the fact that these guys are standing behind me. I don't know who's behind me right now. But there's been evidence that's been put before me to say that this exists. And then I just lean back. I know they're not there because I sent them away. But if I was to just say, look, there's someone that's got me right now, and I just leant back under that, that insurance to say, I can stand on that. That's what, the, that's what faith we're talking about is. And without faith, it's, it's impossible to please God. But then also, understand that we are saved by grace through what? Faith. So we're saved by grace through faith. Now, this grace that we've received as a free gift is something that, we now have to just rely on. We now have to just lean back on. We have to just stand on. If we're saying that we're standing on our salvation, which is our gift of that, that the, the, the thing that makes us now in right standing with God, the only way that's possible is by faith. Faith in what? Because if I was to say to somebody, what does it take to be saved? What does it take to be saved? What does it take to be saved? I was, I was actually saying that to somebody a couple of, day, um, couple of days ago. What does, it, what does it take to be saved? What does it mean that you call yourself a Christian? And if you don't understand that your faith in the, in the, in the finished works that Jesus did for you 
is what it takes, then you're not taking hold of that faith, um, of, of your salvation properly. The finished works that Jesus did for you, the book of Hebrews is fantastic conversation about faith. In the preceding chapters, Bible goes on and talks about the fact that in order for um, what the law was basically doing was setting us up to understand that there were a series of sacrifices that had to be made and that because there were a series of sacrifices that had to be made um, what you'd have to do is constantly every year go to the high priest and then he would have to offer those sacrifices so that you could be reminded of the fact that look you're going to have to work on this thing work on this thing work on this thing but what Jesus did was he flipped the script. He was a high priest that had came with a different agenda, a different thing to accomplish. And what he came to accomplish was the fact that it meant that in order for me to be born again, in order for me to be saved, in order for me to be back to the place in God that I'm supposed to be, all I had to do was believe that he had paid that ultimate price of dying for me. That ultimate price, that ultimate blood was now shed. That meant that I didn't need to go to the high priest anymore for him to continue to offer sacrifices for me. So when the Bible talks about now we, 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 we have a new high priest, that's why I think it's fantastic Denise start speaking about it, but we have a new high priest under the order of Melchizedek. Give you a bit of context for that. Um, the previous high priests, as we talked about a few weeks ago, they were Levites. So under Moses, the law, they said, okay, in order for you to be a high priest, these are the things. You have to be out of this lineage. You have to be the son of Aaron. And only them could be high priests. Now we have a new high priest, because if you look at the lineage, um, the, what's the word I'm looking for, please? Lineage of, I can't even still say it, um, of Jesus. Um, he wasn't from the tribe of, 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 of Levi's. He came from the tribe of Judah because God had given a promise to David and said, out of your, out of your lineage, I'm going to save my people. So here's the thing. Here's a man how, who is now the high priest who is not of the law. So what the law has prescribed as being the high priest, he's not of that. Okay, now what does that mean? When he, like Melchizedek, who was also considered a high priest, he was able to now say, look, I'm from outside of the law going to pay that price. That means that this person can now be saved. I say all of this to say that everything that was necessary for the law, everything that was necessary for my salvation, I just hold on to and believe with faith in the substance of that. So when people tell me, am I saved? When I tell myself, am I saved? I believe in it. I believe not in, not in anything else that's in front of me or anything that I can feel, but I stand and say, you know what? I'm just going to lean on that the substance that I'm going to be waiting on the evidence that I'm going to when you when you talk about evidence if you look at um if you look at a court case they will have a um, like boxes and boxes of depending on what that what type of court cases I guess you think um they will have boxes filled with paperwork that will be given evidence for the trial now what we're saying is the evidence of our salvation is the blood. I haven't seen the blood, but I know that it's there. So I'm having faith in that. Now, 
What are we talking about today? By faith. By faith. By faith are we made righteous. By faith are we made righteous. Hebrews chapter 10, if we could. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 37. For yet a little while, and he will come with, uh, and he who is coming will come, and he will not uh, tarry. What version is that? Let me read my NIV, sorry. I can understand my NIV a little bit easier, sorry. Um, and in a little while, he who is coming will come, and he will not delay. Next verse. But my righteousness... But, but my righteous one who, but my righteous one will live by faith and I take no pleasure in the ones who shrink back. Next verse. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are betrayed, but to those whose faith, who have faith and are saved. So, thank you. Back to the previous verse. So, here we're saying that in verse number, previous one, in verse number 37, but the righteous shall live by faith. Now, here, the, the Bible's sort of taking us back to a passage in Habakkuk, where Habakkuk was talking about um, the fact that there's going to be so many different kind of people. There's going to be so many people who, um, who, who, who call themselves to be um, followers but then there's going to come a time when they're going to fall away from that which they're meant to be following in order to not fall away from what they're supposed to be following what we have to make sure that we're doing is that we are constantly walking by faith everything we're doing is by faith after defining what faith was what the and, and we see faith as being what? The substance, the confidence that we have, the evidence of things hoped for. The, um, sorry. We see faith as, now faith is the confidence on what we hope for, the assurance and things that we, have, um, we cannot see. The Bible then goes on to describe some pillars of faith, some heroes of faith, some people who basically, when you look at their life, they exhibited faith they believed in what god had said and i find it astonishing that when i'm look reading what they've actually done it says that by faith um was everything made that was made okay so sorry in verse number three we, we now say that by faith we understand that the universe was formed and god's um, at, at god's command by faith, the universe was formed. What does that look like? Okay, that looks like an act of obedience to what God had said, and that's what caused it. Let there be light, and there was light. So by faith, when God said it, everything worked and put itself together, and that act of it putting itself together is in itself faith. Now, by faith, 
Abel was able to offer a better sacrifice, a better offering than Abel did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his sacrifice. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was, able, was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we've had some quick descriptions of people who, by faith, they've done stuff. Abel's asked to give a sacrifice. He's done it by faith. Enoch, it was considered that this is a guy who's righteous. Again, by faith, we, later on we hear Noah, by faith, decided to actually go and build an ark. Now, for me, I was looking at like, this is just some guys who have been obedient, but their obedience goes, diff goes further because their faith was what made them righteous. Remember before we said that in, um, in Hebrews 10, 37, by faith, um, by right, um, but the righteous shall live by faith. So if in Hebrews 10, we're saying the righteous will live by faith, in order to be righteous, that means that we have to be doing what? Living a life that is worked around by faith. So that means that if I am righteous, I am faithful. If you look at what the guys who are described when it talks about Abraham and it talks about Gideon and his faith, what these guys were doing was they were constantly following in what God had asked them to do. Their faith wasn't an act that just took one day. The things that are being accounted to them isn't something that just took, I'm doing it today, therefore I'm pleasing God. Their righteousness wasn't an act of, I'm saved, that's it, I'm done. No, what their righteousness looked like was continuous faith. Continuous faith in everything that God had put set up for them. And I was sitting there reading the scripture and I was like, okay, let me... If, if, if from what I'm understanding, the righteous live by faith, therefore the, faith, the, the faithful are considered righteous by God. I'll say that again. If the righteous live by faith, then my submission is the faithful are considered righteous by God. So if I'm living by faith, that means that God considers to me to be now righteous. Why do I say that? If I'm living by faith, I'm taking hold of what God has for me in terms of that gift of salvation. So my faith in that gift of salvation, that now makes me righteous. Are we following yet? Let me say that again in another way. If I am, if the righteous live by faith and I am being living in faith, that makes me righteous. What that means is when God sees me and he sees that I'm believing in, okay, I didn't make myself um, I didn't make myself in any way, shape or form capable 
of standing here and saying that I'm, I'm blameless before God. What I'm taking hold of is my faith in the work of salvation that God Christ has given to me. And because of that work of salvation that Christ has given to me, I am actually now righteous. What does it mean to be righteous? To be righteous means to be right standing with God. The English definition for righteousness, when you look at it, is somebody who considers what they're doing to be right, to be morally right, to be morally justified. Now, the only way that I can be morally justified with God is if I am living by the standards of morality that God has set. Because if I say that I'm morally justified by the world's standards, what's the world's standards of being morally right, morally justified? Before, it was justified to go to McDonald's and drink from a plastic straw, wasn't it? Now, if you have plastic on you, it's like you're killing whales and you're killing the oceans and everything like that. So that, that what is considered morally right and morally justified has shifted. Now, Jesus' word is the same now and forevermore. So what was considered to be morally justified by Christ, I mean, by, by God, is his standard. Now, the only way that I can be considered righteous by God's standard is by holding on to the faith, the finished work of salvation, the gift that Jesus Christ has given to me. Does that make sense? So if I am now righteous in right standing with God, that means that I'm constantly doing so by faith. So when I look at what some of these guys had done, and they were told they were living by faith, by faith, by faith. They were doing everything by faith. Literally from that whole chapter, the descriptions of what they were doing by faith. If you flip the words, and instead of where it says faith, put righteousness. So let's try and do that. Hold on. By righteousness, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By righteousness, it was commended to him, by, to his righteousness, when God spoke well of his offering. By righteousness, Abel still speaks by being in right standing, doing the right thing according to what, what, what God what expected. If we could jump to verse 7. By righteousness, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark. When God was looking around the world in the time of Noah, understand that he was seeing a whole generation that was living completely against his will. And he then found a man and he said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save this guy and from him I'm going to repopulate the whole entire world. Now, by faith, Noah started, what, building an ark. By doing what he did, that took him from being in a place where everybody else was of immorality, a morality that was not justified by God, and by faith and say, look, the word of God has said this, therefore I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to start building up. Have you, if you watch the movie, um, Noah, the recent movie, it's a bit, oh, I don't know, but it's like interesting to see that, look, it took him how long to build the ark? 
Like, there was no rain. There wasn't any, any sign that it was going to rain anytime soon. But by faith, he started doing what was considered righteousness. By faith, he started putting himself in line with what God had established for him to do. So when we're saying to ourselves, what do we do today? When we're living by faith, what we're doing is, what is it that God has called me to do? I may not understand it fully, but what has God called me to do? Am I living a life where when God has called me to do, um, to pray for the sick and see that they're healed? Am I doing it by faith? And understand that faith is what puts you in a place of righteousness, being justified with God, which then means you now have power and authority to do what he's asked you to do. Or are we trying to say, okay, how do I work this out? Um, 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 let me see, who's the person who doesn't look the most sickest to pray for? Um, who's the person whose problem isn't too big that maybe um, it, it, it might start feeling? Are we putting ourselves in a place where, for, for Noah, he was being ridiculed. He was absolutely being ridiculed, but yet he put himself in a place of faith. So by faith, he became by righteousness, right standing with God, he was now fulfilling what God had asked for him to do. Does that make sense? So if we're saying that we're living a life by faith, what does our righteousness look like? Our righteousness looks like what God has done for, um, Jesus has done for us. But what we need to do is we need to continue to stay within that righteousness, to stay in that right standing. What does that look like? That right standing is a continuing to, to hold on to our salvation, a continuing to, you can't say you're being righteous and right standing and holding on to the faith that Christ has given us and your life reflects something completely different. You can't say you're in right standing with God and your moral standards for what that looks like is moving with the wind or is moving with influences and trends. You can't say that you're in right standing with God when there's things that he's given you to do, there's assignments he's put on your heart, there's assignments he's given to you and you're staying quiet on it. Because that gift of salvation was there so that we didn't have to do the work before we were trying to do the work. But that gift of salvation means that by faith, we are righteous. And because we're righteous, it means that we can do what, what Christ says. That, that means that now we are back in that kingdom relationship with God. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, these are all the people who've gone before us. These are all the people who've decided to actually, I'm going to hold on to what God has said, that promise that God had for me. Sarah held on to a promise that she was described in the Bible as being past the age of childbearing. Sarah held on to that promise. 
And yet, she, she still believed by faith. Her faith made her righteous. Abraham, when he was asked to sacrifice um, his son, by faith, he, understand, it wasn't, it wasn't just a one day thinking. Their, their, their by faith story didn't come because one day they believed and then down the line, everything happened. No, one day they believed. The next day when it didn't happen, they carried on believing. The next day when it didn't happen, they carried on believing. And because they carried on believing, it kept them in a place of righteousness. The day that we don't believe, we're not doing what this crowd of witnesses have done. But therefore, we are now surrounded by such a crowd of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinges that hinders and the sins that so easily entangle and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. These guys had their race. You've got your race. I've got my race. There's things that I'm going to have to do by faith. There's things that I'm going to have to do constantly by faith and by faith when I'm doing it by faith constantly just throwing myself back into it, leaning on what God has done for me. Not leaning on any of my understanding, but just leaning on what God has done for me. Because I'm constantly throwing myself into that, it's considered righteousness unto me. And then therefore, I'm not going to do it by my power, but God is going to be the one backing me up on this. There's going to be things that we don't see the full work, but there's a race for each and every single one of us to run. There is too much happening there is too much happening that God has put for us to pray through, that God has put for us to push through, that God has put for us to make sure that there's a change seen in our generation. Right about now, there is, the world doesn't look like the world when I, I saw it five years ago, 10 years ago. You've got countries fighting all over the place. You've got confusion with people who are supposed to be leaders and places of power. There are people who are, there are people who are just going around and doing a madness, killing people, fighting with people, being, being like, <sighs> understand, as Christians, if we consider ourselves to be Christians, what that means is we are set up as being God's representatives, God's ambassadors on earth. Now that power as an ambassador comes because we are made righteous. And because of that, we have a race to run. When we're looking at these examples of people, these people went through, Joseph had to go through it from a point of being seen to be a king and understanding that, that all, the, all the heavens were gonna bow before him. And he went from a place of understanding that his brothers were gonna bow before him. He had to, by faith, in the well. By faith, in prison by faith when he was a slave. And because he kept on going by faith, it meant that no matter where he found himself, he was still in right standing with God. Are we living a life by faith? My faith makes me righteous. I'm righteous when I'm faithful. My faith makes me righteous. I'm righteous when I'm faithful. I can't just live on that faith and not go through what I need to go through. These people's faith wasn't easy. Their faith meant that they had to go through something. My faith makes me righteous. My righteousness makes me faithful. I can't, I can't consider myself righteous unless I stay faithful. 
I can't consider myself to be in right standing with God unless I'm staying faithful to his word, believing all of it. If there's someone in here right now and you want to consider that, look, you've spoken about this righteousness. You've spoken about being where God has what wants for me to be. And you know that that's not where you are right now. But you want to say a prayer and say, this is a point in my life, where are we now? 3rd of November, 2019. By faith, I'm taking hold of the promises that God has for me. And by faith from today, in Jesus' word, and the blood that was shed, I'm holding on to the substance of that thing, even though I can't see it. But understand this, even though you didn't see Jesus dying on the cross, you didn't see Jesus hanging there, but greater are those, will be accounted greater to those who have not seen but yet believe. By faith, if that's you right now, there is a work that, there is a race that you've been expected to run. There's a, there's a race that you've been expected to run and you've not really been running it. You've not been, been pushing and persevering through. I want you to just stand with, I, I want you to just stand on your feet. If that's you in this place. Understand that God knows your heart. It's not that anyone's here to judge anybody. But what we want us to do is we want to encourage you to move from a place where the fears of this world, the realities of this world, aren't the things that are determining your righteousness. Because if the realities of this world determine my righteousness, understand, I'd have to... <laughs> I don't deserve to... I wouldn't be deserving to live. I'd, like, when I think on the things that God has saved me from and the things that he's delivered me from, I know that my righteousness, I, I can't do it because the word of God says that our righteousness is but filthy rags before him. So if there's anybody in here right now who believes that they want to, to by faith, believe in the finished work, the salvation that Christ has given, I want you to say this quick prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you because you are my savior. I thank you because you died and rose again for me. I thank you because you sent, I thank you God that you sent your son to die and be my deliverer. I repent of all my sins, I repent of all my wrongdoing and I take hold of the gift of salvation that you've given to me that I might walk righteous with you all my days and finish that work that you've, you've set up in me. Father God, I thank you and I give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. By faith, I'm made righteous. My righteousness makes me faithful. Thank you, everybody.